All right, everybody, welcome back to Here for the Truth. This is Side Chat number 13. And today we have the amazing Laura Bolton with us. Laura is passionate about helping awakening men and women reclaim their power. Known for her honest, down-to-earth and lighthearted approach, she coaches entrepreneurs to get unstuck, break free and create what they truly want. Earlier this year, Laura decided to liberate herself from all social media platforms. So you won't find her there. However, she still shares videos and other content privately with her mailing list and weekly musings via her podcast, Real Talk with Laura Bolton. Aside from that, you'll find her on the beach in Mexico, enjoying life. Obviously, not far from me. Laura, welcome to Here for the Truth. Thank you. Good to be here. No, it's, it's so good to have you here. Um, I guess we're, we're you know, people that have been connected a little bit for a while. Uh, recently, we met in person. You encouraged me to fly over from Mazatlan to Playa del Carmen. And me and my family have really been enjoying life here. So super grateful for, you know, all your help in that regard. Um, I guess initially, like, can you just, I guess, walk us through a little bit about your own personal truth-seeking process? You know, I guess, what were your kind of major awakening moments along this journey? Oh, gosh, yeah. So I would say I was already kind of, if we talk about awakening in terms of um, external awakening, because I, I talk about two things, like external awakening and then inner awakening. In terms of the external awakening, I think it was several years ago um, when I started to become very aware of the allopathic medical model and the pharmaceutical companies. And that was because I was having a lot of health issues and suffering because of medications that I was being given. And I discovered functional medicine and left my corporate career and really got into holistic health and managed to heal myself completely naturally. And so that was really my first kind of I guess, awakening moment and realizing how corrupt everything was and how the things that I, I just took, I just took as truth were just not true at all. And it's, it's bizarre looking back because I used to believe that like vaccines were fine and medications are just what you take. And it's so bizarre looking back because I can't, I can't identify with that person anymore. And I can't believe that I actually thought that, but I did. And then um, uh, about three years after that happened, I found myself at rock bottom and I was in a situation where literally overnight I became broke, jobless and homeless. Wow. And so that was my real rock bottom in terms of more of the inner awakening because I didn't really, you know, my, my choice was to, to, to go within and start going through that that process or to end my life and that was something that I def, definitely considered very seriously uh, but there was a kind of spirit within me that just wouldn't allow that to happen and so I really started to kind of look at myself and rebuilding my life and so that I guess was was more of the inner awakening and then at the beginning of 2020 that's when I really started going into the rabbit hole of pretty much everything. And um, yeah, that's kind of been my journey, you know, since, since then. So I guess it's kind of happened in, in stages, but it was only really in 2020 that I started to see all the things and realize that pretty much 
everything is a lie and I was like whoa <laughs> so yeah that's been that's been quite a quite a journey that I'm sure many people have been on and can relate to including you guys yeah yeah for sure how um how did all this affect your interpersonal relationships and relationships with family and close friends at the time who maybe weren't seeing things the same way you were seeing them even even as you were like evolving and and having new views around the healthcare and the allopathic medical system yeah, I think that's that's really been a big thing, actually. Uh, even when, even back when I started to look at health in a holistic way, I started to kind of lose, for want of a better word, friends at the time because they were just so stuck in that old way of being and really unhealthy habits. And so, in order to prioritize myself I had to distance from those people and that was really hard that was kind of my first taste I guess of relationship issues as a result of my own growth and so that that happened and that was quite tough because these people that I was you know hanging out with had been my friends for a very long time but I made that decision to choose myself and uh, it was tough but I'm glad I did it and the same thing happened again when I kind of lost everything and realized that the people I thought were there for me actually weren't there for me. So that was actually a blessing because it showed me a lot about people and the people that I was associating with. And then again, in you know the last few years, particularly in 2020, I think that was when it was like really quite severe in terms of people I thought would just get it, didn't. And actually some of them were really, I mean, I, the, the way that they reacted was a surprise to me. It was a bit of a shock. And, you know, I was getting people telling me I was insane. I needed therapy, but people telling me they that hoped that I would die of COVID. I mean, it was, these are people I knew so it was really fascinating to me. I've always been interested in psychology. I studied psychology at university as well. And I think the last three years and three and a half years has been such an amazing um, teaching experience and learning experience in terms of human psychology. And I have learned more about people in the last three and a half years than I did in my studies at university and all of my studies you know my kind of self-interest studies since then so I I actually you know whilst it was quite painful I actually see it as such a huge blessing because now I'm incredibly selective with the people that I have in my life and I have very good boundaries and so and I feel like the people that I'm spending time with are very aligned and yeah I, I'm very very grateful for the experience overall yeah are there like any people who I guess kind of, you know, tarnished you and disparaged you back then who have kind of had a change of heart or come back around and tried to like read, reach out an olive branch and, you know, have said like, oh, I see things differently now, et cetera? Not really. <laughs> That's what's interesting because I think it's just so freaking obvious now. Um, but I, I also think, you know, one of the hardest things for people to do is admit they were wrong. Mm -hmm. especially admitting it to other people. There's so much resistance to that and shame yeah. that I understand it. 
I, I know that there will be people who have seen the light to some degree. Um, but those people who really criticized me and disconnected from me, I haven't really had anything from them. It's like they're just gone out of my life. And um, yeah, no, no apologies or admissions or anything, you know, since then. So, you know, but that's fine because I understand why it happens. I understand what's going on yep. within people. So yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. I haven't had too many either. I know your Asmos has had a couple of experiences with some people, you know, who were quite polarizing in terms of the opposite side. And, you know, you kind of rekindled some relationships. And it was an incredibly polarizing time. But it's like what I'm feeling into now is like, like, where do we go from here? You know, there was obviously a huge divide that took place. But like as like truth seekers or like people like, you know, in this community, like, do you feel as though like there's a way that we could be like more in, more invitational or more welcoming and allowing people to take a step up and take responsibility and to grow and to own, like if if they're willing. Yeah, absolutely. I think to be honest, whether someone is aware of all the scams and the agendas and stuff going on in, in the world or not, if people are interested in, you know, in growth and in learning and they have that mindset, then it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me. And I think that we can relate to people in different ways and have different kinds of relationships. So I still have a couple of friends in the UK, for example, who are not really, I wouldn't say they're really awake, but they just don't really focus on it. And actually, we have such a laugh and we have really good conversations. We just don't go there. And that, that's actually a thing that I've really had to learn, because I tell you, in 2020, I was adamant that. I didn't want to even be near anybody who wasn't awake. And I had this kind of like real, I was contributing to the, to the divisiveness, right? Because I just didn't even want to speak to anybody. And since then I've really evolved to realize that it's more about the, the person and their kind of um, energy and how I feel around them and the experience I have with them. And I can have different types of relationships and I can talk about different things with different people. And and I do feel in the last few years, particularly in the truth community, it's almost like all these agendas and stuff have become the be all and end all of everything. It's all, all anybody wants to talk about. And I feel it's time now to really start moving beyond that and finding the people that we we get on with and 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 feel aligned with in you know whichever way feels right for us. And to, you know, really just focus on ourselves and role modeling. Like this is, this is the thing. Everyone wants to tell everybody else how to be. But the best way to influence others and to have a positive impact is to actually be a role model. You know, it's like, what are you doing with your, like, never mind what everybody else is doing or not doing. What are you actually doing with your life? And this is something I'm noticing as a pattern. There's still a hell of a lot of projection and people kind of telling others like they need to wake up, they need to do this, they need to do that. But then their own lives are a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. And people, I you know, I hear from people all the time that tell me their life has gone to shit over the last three and a half years. Well, what right do you have to be telling anybody else what they should be doing? So it, it's very much about coming back to ourselves and figuring out what, what's right for us and really role modeling the change that we want to see because that's inspiring to others rather than trying to tell others 
how to be because that never ever works that that never has a positive impact in fact it has the opposite and it just and it actually just ruins relationships and creates a lot of conflict and so I think that you know we have to question like how am I showing up and how am I impacting others in the way that I'm actually showing up yeah I mean I couldn't agree 100% more than that like that was just yeah, just so on point in terms of like we have to we have to do the inner work ourselves and and uh, and lead by example in that regards. And we you know we do contain multitudes. Like I have friends that I don't need to talk about this stuff with. You know, I just yeah. don't need to. Like like yeah. we can we can relate about other things. Yeah. Um. And so, no, bro. Every, everyone in, everyone in your life needs to know about the Illuminati and Adrenochrome and everything else. Every single person. Otherwise, they're not yeah. relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But you know, like Joel mentioned earlier, like I had some really beautiful reconciliations with a couple of dear old friends that kind of distanced themselves from me um, in in the early days. And I can understand too, because I was self-righteous with my memes and things that yeah. I was sharing in those early days. And so if someone has a different belief system or a different knowledge, they're going to look at that through that lens and be like, you know, Erasmus is a dick, you know, or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, we're being polarized in this at this level. And yes, we were fortunate to come back together, have a dialogue, understand why judgments were placed on one another, why someone had the need to unfollow me, but then realize from this more heart-centered place, like, man, I love you. Like, like yeah. you're you're like my dude. Like we're we're cool. Like we don't need to look at the healthcare industry in 100% the exact same way. You know who I am. You you know the kind of person I am and and vice versa and like we can relate how we relate. Um and so yeah, yeah it's it's interesting to see how we're going to move forward and I just think there needs to be more of this openness and 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 again, you hit the nail on the head like why does it matter if you know what's going on in the world if you don't even know yourself? at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I talk about outer awakening and inner awakening, because we have these words that we throw around, yeah. like awake, or well, I'm a truther, but it's like, okay, well, you're a truther, but what does that actually mean? What most people mean when they say that is, I know about the agendas, etc. But then they have no self-awareness. And I, and I see this in the truth community. And I think we have a really big opportunity now to start shifting and looking at ourselves and actually you know, just be, becoming inner truthers. Like, you know, we we spend all this time and effort like figuring out what the Kabbalah are doing and, you know, all this stuff. But do we put that same time and energy into discovering ourselves mm-hmm. and looking at the truth within? Mm-hmm. People don't want to go there. I see this in my work. Like everyone's focused on what others are doing or not doing, what's going on in the world, what they are doing. And it's like, but what about you? Oh yeah, but they, and it always goes back to they. So people are very outwardly focused on trying to kind of control what's going on outside. And I think part of it is a unconscious um, coping mechanism to avoid doing that work. Because if you're able to look at others and criticize them and say how things should be, and you know, you're spending your days watching all these like documentaries on bit shoes or whatever you're avoiding actually looking at yourself. And so this, I think, is where the real work is. And it's where the opportunity is because, you know, my my vision that kind of drives me is like, imagine if all the people who have had this outer awakening, and there must be millions, if not billions, imagine if they were all doing the work, the inner work, 
and actually showing up in their full power. The change that that would create, the butterfly effect that would have would be phenomenal. But most people are not doing that. And that's, and I say that just in my experience, based in all the interactions I have, most people are not, they are just, you know, actually addicted now to what's going on. You know, it's three and a half years down the line. Why are you still spending your days watching conspiracy documentaries? Yeah. Like, and it it happens a lot. And so I think that's where we have our real opportunity now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eric Fromm and other Jungian analysis, they called it scapegoating. You know, people need to create an external scapegoat to project the devil within outside themselves. So like from that perspective, there's no difference between, you know, Satan and Bill Gates, whatever it is, you're just projecting that 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 evil ex- externally and it's yeah. obviously much more difficult to address and grapple with the devil within than than it is. the devil without or even know. to or even to admit that we have darkness within right because we all like to think that we're all superior and we're all enlightened and we're all really good people and everything and everybody else is the problem it's incredibly hard i mean partly because it is challenging your it's literally challenging your ego it's very hard to actually look at yourself and realize that, for example, you are actually behaving in many of the same ways as the people that you criticize so much. And that's a really hard pill to swallow. And one example I'll give is, you know, everyone who I guess considers themselves to be awake or a truther talks about how terrible it is that they are trying to control us. And no one has the right to control me. No one has the right to tell me what to put in my body. No one has the right to do this. I'm a sovereign being, blah, blah, blah. Yet many of us, and I used to do this myself, are telling people they should wake up. They shouldn't get the jab. They shouldn't wear a mask. They shouldn't do this. They should do this. So we're doing this. It's different in terms of the the context, Mm -hmm. but the behavior is still the same. It's still controlling behavior. So when we start to look at ourselves and the things that maybe we are doing, which are perpetuating those very things that we claim to hate so much, that can be very like for the, there's a cognitive dissonance, right? So, so we, we kind of get into that state of like not wanting to, to look at it and not wanting to admit that maybe we need to make some changes. And so that's, that's been a very interesting thing for me to experience and also observe in, in many other people. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, even like brings to mind like certain like quote unquote influencers or, you know, even like entrepreneurs within this space that during that time period have built a huge audience simply by, you know, pointing towards the, the, the evil without yep. so much, so much engagement was, you know, ramped up during that. And so they kind of have to keep up, you know, that, that, that facade or keep looking for the doom and the gloom in order to, you know, keep people in that state because Absolutely. that's where their self-worth is attached to now. Yeah, So they're doing the very thing that they're criticizing like the government and the media for doing. So we have the same behaviors within alternative media and, you know, people who are influential in the kind of truth awake space using the same tactics. And, you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but I know of several people who are literally purposefully using the same tactics that, the media and the government have been using on people to try and get everybody to comply, you know, creating fear, creating, you know, all these different things. There is, there is a lot of that behavior and therefore um, it doesn't really matter whether you're aware of the agendas. 
humans are humans. Humans are humans. Human psychology is human psychology. So this is why, and, and we have egos. And so I think a lot of these people have their priority is fame and money. And that is really all they're interested in. And that has been my experience with several of these people. And that's not in integrity. And that's not actually helping to create a better world. All it's doing is keeping people stuck in the drama and keeping them stuck in the division and the blaming. And with social media, that has, I mean, that's just so amplified because it is everywhere. Yeah. And people just, are addicted, yeah. like really addicted. I've spoken with countless people who are so addicted to video channels and to social media and so addicted to what's going on. And they're, you know, jumping onto the, ne the next thing and the next thing. And meanwhile, their life is just, you know, their life, their well-being, their community, they're not actually doing anything positive because they're just so addicted. And so if you are someone who is perpetuating that at this point, three and a half years down the line, then I don't see that as something that's coming from the heart. And I don't see it as something that is actually genuinely going to help us or, or humanity. Yeah, it's just, it's just more and more distraction and it's super disempowering. And at some point, a person needs to just become more aware of like, what are they doing with their life? And like you said earlier, how are you leading by example? So yeah. it's just, a, it's a fear of oneself and of knowing oneself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I want to actually highlight this one thing because it's a, it's a little bit of a, I guess it's not a trigger, but a talking point is even just the term awake that gets used in our community in the, in this world. Like, what does that even mean? Like, is yeah. it a final point? Like I'm now awake, you know, and we've talked yeah. about this before, where it's just like you, I would never say that in terms of my, like in regards to my internal life, that I'm awake to who I am because it's a process, but yet yes. people take that into the external world. And they're like, well, I'm awake. You know, I'm awake to what's happening outside of me and the government. And it's like, there's, we don't have, we don't even know 10% of what's really happening with all the different things and the nuance and behind the scenes. So it's like, yep. it just seems so absolute yeah, and absolutely. a little bit self-righteous. Well, it is. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I completely agree with that. I, I see a awakening as a process that never ends. Mm-hmm. And different people are at different stages of that awakening. And also awakening is external and it's internal. So you could have somebody who is maybe not super aware of what's going on out there. And, uh, you know, maybe they're just not in particularly interested in it, but maybe they're very, very self-aware. Maybe they've done a lot of um, inner work. And, you know, there are people who are like super, you know, they've been down the rabbit hole for years and they can talk about all the different conspiracies and stuff, but they don't have any self-awareness and they're not working on themselves and in particular dealing with their traumas. Because I think the last three and a half years for me has been very interesting and um, enlightening, not only from a psychological perspective, but from a trauma perspective, because all I've seen is people acting out their traumas. It's mm -hmm. like, like, you know, like social media, particularly in the first couple of years of, of the scandemic, it was literally just like a trauma bonding fest. You know, everyone's just projecting their traumas and attacking each other. And that's all your inner stuff. Like no one's making you do that. That's, that's you. 
And so we have seen people's traumas, I think, being brought up, up to the surface. And the opportunity there is to notice that and say, hey, I've got some stuff to work on rather than just denying it and then projecting everything, everything outside. Yeah. Or just, just rationalizing, oh, I had a perfect childhood. My upbringing was, you know, trauma-free, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. No such thing, I don't think. Yeah, no. <laughs> so is, what, what is, is there an interrelation at all? And if so, what is it between, you know, becoming internally awake through a process and externally? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think for me, it's, it, I feel like, and I've said this many times before, I feel like there was there's something on a more soul level, spiritual level that just makes some people become aware. There, there is something that's not, that you can't kind of, you know, it's, it's not your education or your, your specific psychology. There is something for me more at a, a deeper soul level that actually determines whether someone is ready to see. You know, and that can be externally, internally. I think when you start to become externally awake, you are given an opportunity to start really then looking at yourself. Um, yeah. And perhaps if you're already in t- quite awakening internally, maybe you then start to expand your mind and and start to look at other things. Um, I don't know if there's a you know specific direct correlation, but it does seem to me that there are definitely some people who just there's something in them that just made them start to see i mean like me i look at my family like i have i have twin sisters who are 4 years younger than me we had the same upbringing we went to the same schools and they are literally the polar opposite of me so why was it that i just saw so clearly like in 2020 i was like this is bullshit immediately i just knew yeah and everything just became very very clear to me very quickly well why was that why did that not happen with my sisters why did that not happen to other people so it's very yeah it's very interesting it feels like there's something deeper um more spiritual kind of going on in that yeah aspect. yeah it's, it's it looks very interesting like what's happening at the moment because even like there's people who like might be more liberally minded or more might align with more liberal principles who, you know, can be on an internal awakening journey and come to have awakened to, to, to internal truths. Yet for someone who's on the other side, unless they have like conservative or purely individual freedom-minded principles, they might completely disparage them and write them off as not having an awakening process at all. Yeah. I think of individuals like um, uh, Richard Schwartz, who created IFS, who's quite, quite, li- quite liberally minded. And I even think of a previous podcast of guest, a guest of ours very recently, Jeff Brown, you know, who, who, in my opinion, you know, creates a lot of value and, you know, speaks and writes and talks, you know, yeah, as lovely. though he's done a lot of internal work. Yet, you know, during the 2020 to 2023 years, we've copped a bit of backlash from that episode in regards to, you know, him being outspoken um, against the alternative movement during that period. But like, you know, what's where where where's you know where, yeah. where, where where where's the where's where's the nuance exactly like how, do we, how do we begin to you know yep yeah yeah i think that's a really important word nuance and i i'm observing that this is this is something that people really struggle with 
because, um, and I'll give you an example. I, I love Jeff Brown and I had the same views of him. I was like, what's he talking about? He's so asleep. And then I was like, no, but his content is amazing. And like, he he really gets the inner awakening. Um, but another example is someone I've learned a, a huge amount from, and I'm very, very grateful for, which is Gabor Mate, mm-hmm. who is one of the world's leading trauma specialists. And I've, you know, his books helped me to heal my fibromyalgia and recover from a stroke that I had, because that's another oh. thing that happened a few years ago. Um, and so, and, you know, his work has helped me to serve others now. But he, in terms of being aware of what's going on out there, He's completely bought into the agenda, you know, talking about COVID, promoting the jab. Um, he and in and at first that was really that was really um disillusioning for me because I thought, how is it that someone who gets trauma so deeply doesn't see what's going on? Because it is just a big trauma mind control thing going on, right? How does he not see that? Oh, my God. And so for a little while, I was like, oh, he's dead to me. And then I realized that was just ridiculous because it isn't about 100% agreeing with someone or 100% not. It's where are we aligned or where where can I get value? So with 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 Jeff, you know, he's amazing. Like he, he's, I, I, I tell everyone to read his book, Grounded Spirituality, right? Yeah. And I've had people say to me, oh, God, yeah, but he's asleep and I'm like, no, you're not get like you're not seeing the nuance and you're not opening yourself up to looking at the things that that person shares, which which are of can be of value to me. Why does it matter? Why does it matter that he doesn't see or why that that Gabor Mate, Mate doesn't see things the way I do? Why does that matter? That doesn't discount the other good stuff that they're doing that is of value to me. And I, so I feel like, you know, humans in general are very black and white mm-hmm. and struggle with nuance. It's like, you know, I've had people who, you know, have literally written emails to me saying, I've been following you for three years and I've always agreed with what you say, but this latest podcast episode of yours, like is ridiculous. And I'm unfollowing you. I'm following you. <laughs> right. And it's like, that is actually very childish behavior. And I think this, this, this points to, to a wider issue that relates to trauma, where I think many, many people are stuck. Emo- in terms of emotional development, people are stuck in the childhood era. Um, and so we kind of act out. It's like, oh, you're not doing what I want you to do. So meh, I'm going to like throw my toys out the pram and I'm not, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. You know, it's that kind of, you know, it's that, that's what kids do. I'm not going to be your friend anymore because you did something they, they don't like. And so this is what we see happening. There's a lot of emotional immaturity and there's a lack of nuance and being able to actually see other people just as human beings and, and really understanding that everyone is the way they are for a reason. So if I had had, you know, a particular experience or certain experiences in my life, or I'd been around certain people or whatever, maybe I would be the way I am now. So it, it's this kind of judgment on everybody else that oh, I've got, you've got to be like, you've got to agree with me on every single thing. Otherwise I'm going to throw my toys out the pram and unfollow you. It like, and we see this a lot, you know, in social media and stuff like that. It's, it's just, um, 
it's just not very mature. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not very emotionally intelligent either. Yeah. And I think some people, even when you bring, you talk about Gabor Mate and others, like they are so specialized in terms of what they focus on and their knowledge, especially if they're a pioneer that's brought something to the world, a new way of looking at things that, you know, maybe they aren't expanded in terms of, you know, their education uh, uh, in terms of like, maybe they didn't deal with a health issue that, you know, that wasn't being resolved and they had to look elsewhere. Maybe they didn't go beyond the first page of Google to research vaccines. So it's like, you connect the dots in certain ways on certain subjects, but some people just haven't done that. And yes, you said earlier, some people just have this internal knowing, this intuitive knowing of like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. So again, it's hard to put a finger on it, but um, yeah. yeah, I think we're definitely in alignment on like not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, exactly. Someone's, you know, political views doesn't mean that all the value they've ever provided, you know, all of a sudden is not no longer resonant or is or yeah. is no longer true. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that they're a that they're a terrible person either. I think there is it's important to distinguish between the the human being and the behavior or the belief systems. Mm-hmm. Because they are actually two different things. Like we are not, you know, our behavior and our and our beliefs. And and deep down, I genuinely believe that the vast majority of people are just deep down in their heart. They are just doing their best and, mm-hmm. and they're, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're good people. There may be, you know, I don't know, but there may be people who have literally been taken over by darker forces. But I, I mean, so, psychopaths. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But even a psychopath, in, interestingly, when I was at university, I studied criminal psychology and um, I spent a lot of time learning about serial killers. And, um, and so usually um, when you look at their upbringing, you can actually see why they turned out the way that they did. And sometimes it involves a head injury, which can create, create that as well. And there's also the possibility that, um, there's ancestral trauma that people come into this world with. And so I think that, you know, psychopaths are actually potentially they're born with a predisposition in some way, but a lot of it is about their their upbringing, their trauma, the abuse mm-hmm. they experienced, and also the environment that they then continue to grow up in. So imagine if you're, bought, you know, you're someone, you know, like one of the, you know, baddies that we all like to point at. What if that person, you know, when that person was a baby, like, were they really that evil or were they, did were they exposed to satanic child abuse? Were they, you know, were they beaten? Like, did they grow up in an environment where their family and everybody around them had this belief system that, you know, that they've now carried carried on into, you know, the, the present day? It's very difficult to know. Um, but we, you know, we we are very much a product of our yeah. of our conditioning. Yeah. So you know, it's it's so it's so true. Like even in like the world of um like narcissism, say someone's dealing with a narcissistic partner and they go start diving down into the narcissistic rabbit holes and learning about narcissism, like there is zero empathy for why the narcissist is the way the narcissist is. When you yes. when you dive down when you dive down those rabbit holes and you start researching, you know, that Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And th- this is why I say it's the behavior, not the person. So I'm actually not a fan of calling someone a narcissist because you are giving them as a person a label. I prefer to, to think of it like they have narcissistic behavior 
or they are very manipulative or whatever. So it's like their behavior. And whilst it's it's not okay, we can also understand why that person may have turned out that way and be behaving in that way. So that's where we can kind of have compassion, but compassion doesn't mean, oh, what they do to me is fine. Yeah. There's a difference there. And that's where we have like boundaries and we can say, no, that's like, I get it. I get why you're like that, but I'm not being part of it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a very empowering um, position I feel to be in. Yeah. I'm happy you said that last part because, you know, we can fall too far to the other side of like just having all this compassion, but then having an inability to set boundaries, having an inability to look at someone's behavior and go, okay, like, yeah, maybe like, you know, you you dealt with child abuse when you were a kid, but like, I don't need to tolerate this behavior and stay around it and be treated this way. So again, like a lot of things, there's two sides to the coin Um, and having access to both, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Makes you more whole. Yeah, absolutely. You know, understanding something does not mean that it's something you have to tolerate, accept, or excuse or yeah. enable. And and on that note, you know, we also have to look at the part that we play. So, you know, I've I've in the past had a relationship with someone who was very narcissistic. And again, I can see why. So I get it. And I have, you know, I have compassion for that. But I also remember working with a coach and she said to me a very powerful question, which was very uncomfortable because I was in this situation at the time and kind of complaining about it and wanting it to change. And she said, what what part are you playing in this dynamic? How are you perpetuating it? How are you enabling it? And I realized I'm enabling because I'm allowing And I think this is very important. Like we, rather than just criticizing people, we also need to take ownership for our role. So are we enabling by going along along with something? You know, are we enabling by being silent? You know, there's there's an enablement factor there. So we also have to look at ourselves and whether we played a part in that dynamic rather than just saying, oh, it was all done to me. It's like, yeah, they treated me like shit, but I put up with it. God damn it. Like, so that yeah, was a big realization to me. Well, what part of me in the first place, you know, drew in or magnetized this kind of relationship? You know, yeah. like what are what are the codependent tendencies that I might have that feel this is all that I'm worthy of? Exactly. I mean, we're always co-creating, right? And so we we pay a play a part. And again, as we said earlier, we tend to put the blame on everybody else rather than actually looking at the part that that we play and you know why is it that i have the challenges that i have it's not because of external people and circumstances like i have people say well i'm always annoyed and stressed and whatever because of the way my partner treats me or because of my family yeah and i say yeah but you're engaging with it like, how are you engaging with it? Where are your boundaries? Most people have zero boundaries. So that's where all the inner work comes in. Because when you start to get that sorted, you don't tolerate it, but you also don't need to be super bitter and angry about it. You can just say, okay, I'm not dealing with that. I don't want that in my life. No, thank you. But I also get what's, 
I also get what's going on. So I have like, I have compassion because I have the understanding. And so that is, you know, again, where the, where the work is. Yeah, for sure. I want to shift gears a little bit here. Recently, I know um, you decided to give social media the boot. What, what, what were the catalyzing factors going into that? And how's life been without it? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been, gosh, I've been on social since early 2020. I was like full on on social media. Um, the kinds of stuff I was sharing changed. It kind of shifted from, you know, all the external stuff more towards the internal stuff and the work I do. Um, but to be honest, I just, I, I really follow my intuition and my heart. And I just got to a point where I thought, do you know what, this is, this is taking up a lot of my time. It's distracting me from other things. And I actually am not really getting any significant value from using social media. So when I look at the upsides and the downsides, the upsides were not outweighing the downsides. Hmm. And I'm very, very conscious, particularly now, of the damaging effects of social media. There are many different ways that it that it creates havoc in our lives. And so I just decided, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I, yeah, I left at the end of February and it's one of the best things I've ever done. What are the changes that you've noticed? So much better. (laughs) Yeah, like what, yeah, what are the changes uh, that you've noticed in yourself? And also, how do you operate your business um, by not having that extra, you know, thing out there, like being on social media? Yeah, well, in terms of the business, social media has never been helpful for my business. Okay. Um, I'm a coach and um, my clients come from relationships, referrals and conversations in my network. So I don't need social mm-hmm. media. I don't even need a mailing list, but I have a mailing list because I, 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 what I thought was, look, if people genuinely like what I'm sharing enough that it's, it's really helpful for them, they will just join my mailing list. The thing is, most people tell you, that, oh, I love your content, but they only love it because they can scroll it. And is it actually helping them? Like, oh, they might click like, but what are they actually doing? Are they taking that post and really thinking about it and taking action on it? I guarantee they're not. People don't. They're just so addicted to the scroll. And most people will not then follow you when you actually leave social media. And so this was really interesting for me. And the people that do then then join the mailing list. Actually, they are people who care enough and get enough value that they're prepared to do that. And then an even smaller percentage actually bother even opening the emails. So that's an interesting behavior. And then an even smaller percentage actually look at any of the stuff that I'm sharing. Um, so it it's, yeah, it just, it, there was just no, from a business perspective, but I never really did it for business. It was more of a an expression for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I realized it was just taking up so much time and I was finding myself just going on there. Oh, I'll just quickly check this. And then an hour later, I was still on there and that's how it's designed. Um, we can have the best intentions to go on there and just, I'm just going to spend five minutes, but it rarely is five minutes. And then it's distracting. There's that constant pull and distraction away from what you're doing. So one of the biggest things I found for me in terms of a benefit has been my ability to focus and the mental space it's given me. So I don't have to keep checking anymore. First few days I got off it, I was literally 
compulsively reaching for my phone, even though the apps weren't there. It's like Pavlov's dogs, right? It's like just this like conditioned thing. So I would be sitting there like working and I would just reach for the phone to check Instagram. And then the moment I picked up the phone to scroll to get the app, I was like, oh, God, I'm not on social media anymore. And that happened quite a lot for the first few days to the first week. And then it just stopped. And so now I just have, I get so much more done. I have so much more um, kind of mental capacity. I'm able to focus more. And interestingly, when I made the move to get off social media, I had a lot of emails and messages around this and many people telling me that, you know, they wanted to, to kind of break free from it as well, because it was just consuming their life and actually preventing them from really focusing on, on what they want to focus on. And so this has come up as quite a, a big thing that I'm actually helping some people with now, because, um, yeah, if you can't use it in a super healthy way, then it can be very destructive. I'm not saying you shouldn't use it, but you need to look at how how you're using it and what the what the genuine benefit is to you over other things. Hundred um, percent. Final question: What's your favorite thing about living in the Riviera Maya region of Mexico? Oh gosh, I don't know. I think it's just. I mean. Well, I would say the weather, but the, as you know, Joel, at the moment, the weather is insanely hot, <laughs> but it's just so beautiful to have nature. I have like jungle near me. I have, I have, um, the beach just down the road. I have the sunshine every single day. I absolutely love sunshine. Um, I really thrive in this environment. So, and, and where I live is very peaceful as well. So I just have a, I feel like I have an environment that feels very natural and calm and expansive and that actually helps me as well you know in terms of what I'm doing in the world um being in this environment so I would say it's 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 kind of that and just the general laid-back vibe I mean there's lots of people here yeah. that are like cool people and it's a very relaxed vibe so yeah totally uh Laura so awesome to know you so awesome to call you a friend and super grateful for this conversation um here today you know obviously we're aligned in a lot of ways and i think our audience would have got a lot of value out of this out of this conversation um just i guess in closing like if someone's interested in you know getting to know you more or getting access to your content or even working with you um how can they reach out yeah absolutely so the best way is to just go to my website which is laurajanebolton.com and you can join the mailing list on there. You can see, I think I have links to quite a lot of other interviews that I've done and, and other, other kind of free offerings. I have a social media liberation free masterclass on there as well. Cool. And my um, my email address is on there. So that's the best way. If people want to contact me, like the best way is to just, you know, drop me an email and uh, yeah, go back to them. Old school. I love it. Yeah, old school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Yo, once again, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, if you're down to have deeper conversations like this, connect with your Asmos and I on a regular basis, plus an awesome like-minded community of truth seekers, where we even get together over Zoom in an intimate setting three times a month with previous podcast guests, live presentations, and community hangouts, then please don't hesitate to check out our private membership community, Friends of the Truth. You can learn more in the brief of this episode or at friendsofthetruth.co. We'd love to meet you uh, and connect with you. Again, thanks for listening. Take care. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. 
waking up in a the time they think you're in a delusion somebody set the alarms cause they be too busy snoozing i'm in a delorean fast forward and evolution to a place where we can share that confusion yeah 450 bc i'm sharing tea